0: Hello everyone, welcome back to the podcast and thank you for tuning in and helping me get my updates out there and also the messages that I feel are pretty important and can really support us to create a better world. So today I want to speak about something I've been alluding to, which is how to better support people when they're sick. And that is, it's going to be coming from my own experience of going through um, quite a debilitating illness for many weeks. And having various experiences with loved ones and friends and my community. And just to share a little bit behind the scenes of what I've personally found to be really helpful. And what I've found to be unhelpful and, you know, a little bit of my analysis about some of the processes that have been happening. And as I've been sharing about my, you know, my sickness and my wellness and my updates over the past few weeks since coming back on the scene after being really um, unplugged for about six weeks, this is probably the topic that I've gotten the most feedback about. Um it really resonating, the feeling of helplessness and wanting to help. Um, but also sensing that there's a better way than the reactive way um, that we normally help and, and kind of, you know, people sensing into that the different paradigm of needing to fix and um, being available to support. And yeah, so I've gotten a lot of um, questions and feedback and, and hopes about this podcast. So I, I hope it serves you well. And also just a little update about me. Um, so yeah, here, here I am, J- June 16th and still up and down um, today on the uptick. That's why I can record the podcast. Um, but it was actually a good maybe five or six days of being... Um, on the down um, so still trying to find out what um, I think basically food and sleep are the two main factors that really contribute to um, I guess the word for for my current condition more than any of the other things I'm experiencing is endotoxemia where um, the body is creating toxins out of everything I eat, pretty much. So that's a really uncomfortable um, situation and very uncomfortable side effects. And at their peak, it's very debilitating. Basically, I I can't move. It's like um, the body's just filled with toxins, like a flu almost, and a little bit bit different to a flu, between a flu and a, a hangover kind of feeling. So I'm well... And truly at the beginning of my healing journey. Um, But I've never quite felt like I've been at the beginning of my healing journey when it comes to my um, chronic health issues. It's always been stabs in the dark. So it feels optimistic. It's definitely really challenging and really sad. um, A lot of the time. (laughs) um you know just to see what has happened to my body and um yeah to to see the kind of situation I'm in right now and not being able to um even really go for a walk or enjoy life the way that I used to um but at the same time it's very optimistic and there is a lot of joy and and a lot of beauty and a lot of smiles in my experience as well um in my meditations and and in my experiences so yeah um, at the beginning of the healing journey is my update so now about how to better or yeah best or better support people who are sick in our lives and what that comes down to to me is this idea of being trauma informed and the word has so many meaning meanings that it's quite diluted, and I don't want to use it in this context, but it is absolutely for me, gets to the heart of what we need to consider. So trauma is basically, you know, um, not an event as in the way that we're speaking about it as a psychological, Um, condition and experience that trauma isn't an event it's actually just a reduced capacity to relate to life so some something some way we have responded to life some experiences that we've had somehow through so many different ways something has happened that reduces our capacity to relate to life so it's really an experience of stress that is like a chronic stress and then we have different degrees of it and different formats that it comes in it can be more relational it can be more from a shock experience it can be more complex and from experiences over time so trauma just means that we have a reduced capacity to relate to life. And being trauma-informed means understanding both the mechanisms of how that can happen, the reality of how widespread it is, and also the ways that we can support people to increase their capacity or at least reduce further harm to, to this capacity that is decrease so under that definition all sick people are are experiencing trauma in some ways or sick people can be experiencing that but really all of our communities have an experience of trauma all of us have a reduced capacity okay it's a generalization most people have a reduced capacity to relate to life um, especially at different times and then especially it it's not always evident. So there may be weeks or months where you feel really full, but under certain circumstances the reduced capacity that is evident in our system becomes apparent or it shows up. So it can this reduced capacity doesn't isn't always apparent in every activity that we do. Um but for a lot of people, it is, I guess, in some ways. So ideally, when we want to support people, we want to be building this idea of being trauma-informed or understanding how do people experience this reduced capacity or how do people, are people suffering. And the reason I want to use this lens is because it takes away the rule book of the phrases we're supposed to say, the actions we're supposed to do, the behaviors, these kinds of manuals that we get through um, popular culture and through social media about how to relate to someone when they're sick. You should never say this. You should always ask this. Um, this is how you support someone. So those kinds of, that manualized version about how to be helpful is the old paradigm. Actually, what we need is to be more connected ourselves and have our priority to be connected to each other. Um, Someone sent me an email back about the podcast and they were in agreement of something and, and they used the words, or Janita had messaged and she said, Pause, sense, and respond. And really that's the kind of approach we want to take. So there's not, we can't have a manual about what to say in each of those steps. It's more of a, an approach. We need to pause. We need to sense. We need to connect. We need to pause again. And then we need to respond instead of reacting. So let me give you an ex like an example from my own experience so my particular situation over the past I guess I don't know seven weeks now or so is that I you know have this endotoxemia it's kind of hit me out of nowhere I didn't even know didn't hit me out of nowhere it's because of the protocol I did but didn't realize what was happening and I'm I'm very fatigued I'm very nauseous can't move can't think can't do anything okay so that's where I'm at Um, And then I've got, imagine about 200 people trying to check in with me online Um, and maybe about 10, 10 to 15 people per day, right? So 200 people overall, 10 to 15 people per day, and they're all checking in with me online and over text. And sometimes I absolutely can't move or do anything and I've just got a pounding headache. So for some people asking, you know, checking in with them and saying, are you okay? Could be perfect. But for me to have all of those um, questions coming and the answer is, I feel like absolute shit and I'm going down deeper and it's the worst, like I don't want to have to text that to 10 people every day. So in that case, for me, that that isn't helpful, but it's coming from my beautiful community, and what they want is to connect with me because they know, my family, my friends, they know that connection is the medicine, unconsciously. They know that, you know, when someone's sick, you either don't really care or you really want to connect and help them. There's, you know, one of those two kind of situations, You know, you feel like, okay, that's really sad. They're sick and I should feel sorry for that person. Or you're like, oh, I really want to connect to this person. So those people who are really connected to me, they want to connect. But asking, are you okay, doesn't connect to me. Um, It, yeah, it ends up being a failed attempt um, because I have to employ some effort, very small because of where I'm at, to disconnect from that communication so that you don't have to reply in a way that's really unhelpful for me so messages for me in my situation that have been really helpful are the ones that are saying i know you're going through a lot conserve your energy and feel free to reply you know whenever you want um The messages that have offered distance healing, so either sending love or sending healing energy, especially in more elaborate ways of sending out those messages, which absolutely don't require a reply. You know, three weeks later, I can say thank you if I want to. Um, And also because I did specifically ask for that online. I said, please send me distance healing. So those distance healing kind of messages have been really helpful. Offering of services and resources are also really helpful. So saying, hey, you know, I don't know what it is you need if, you know, and then providing a menu if you need me to get you groceries or cook you a meal and kind of, you know, giving me a list of things that I can, I know that they are willing to do is really helpful. Um, The message that says, let me know if you need anything. um, I don't know what you're willing to do. (laughs) So that, you know, is another whole conversation. And, you know, if 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 that was my it totally depends on what the relationship is as well. So if it's someone who's a, a kind of more distant acquaintance that says that, I'm gonna be less likely to start to engage and and um, you know, find out what it is that they're willing to do and what times and stuff. But if it's someone's close to me who is already um engaged in in supporting me then you know let me know if you need anything i already kind of know what it is that they're available for um and you know things for me personally sharing the podcast supporting the studio like things that actually support me are going to support me so that comes back to that pause and sense and and connect and then offer and and respond some support and and offer some support um So yeah, the messages that are, you know, drilling me with questions about what's happened, what's going on, those are are not as helpful for my particular situation. For someone else, it might make them feel connected that this person is really interested in me. So for me, when I've put out, you know, public posts and specifically said, you know, don't ask me, one thing that can help is don't ask me questions that many people are probably asking me then, you know, I've, I've already stated what will be helpful. Um, so into the more unhelpful category, and again, this one's hard, but I'm just going to give you my own experience of this. One thing that can be difficult for someone who is unwell is unsolicited advice. And it again, um, for me personally... I am, you know, for someone who is more trauma aware and trauma informed, it can be um, it can be harder to receive unsolicited advice because I'm more aware that I'm being given something that I didn't ask for. And that's for me personally, my constitution, that's something that I don't like. I don't like receiving um Things that I haven't asked for, (laughs) physical um, or otherwise, I like to be asked. And, you know, obviously that's a whole consent thing. And, um, you know, some people are like, oh, well, you you can't get surprises and and things like that. Um, But then it needs to be thought out that this is a surprise. And does this person really want this surprise? Does this person really want this gift or this souvenir? and there's consideration, I just received a souvenir from Mexico, and it is uh, physical, I didn't ask for it, it's a gift, it was a surprise, and it was completely, you know, it wasn't, you know, something random, it was completely considered for me, and I love it, and I received it, and it opened my heart, and it was a heart. So, you know, I don't want to, you know, be like, oh, everything needs consent, but there is something subtle there that if someone is giving you advice about, oh, you should really eat this or you should really try this or you really need this or if you're experiencing this, it means that you've got this, this, and this. Um, it, I'm sensitive to if that is pushing a certain agenda or if it's genuinely connected to me and my situation. And as I respond, if I'm being heard or if I'm being ignored (laughs) and the advice is continuing and this is very evident of this kind of old school paradigm of like, you know, just this kind of parent figure of like, I'm here to take care of you. You don't know what's good for you. Listen to me. And that can be fine in some cases. Um. But I don't think we should be willing to do that unless we have a great degree of sensitivity and awareness about how to hold a neutral space for people and how to be able to feel into ourselves where things are coming from. And I've actually experienced this a lot. You know, I've definitely experienced all of the, oh, you should really try this healer and really you should eat, eat this. And I've heard, you know, um probiotics are really good and you should try this and listen to that and people are trying to be helpful um and all of that can come in and if it comes in with this very gentle energy that's fine that can all just kind of come in and there may be something good in there you know i'm not totally discounting it but i also have experienced from <clears throat> closer family members um, of the older variety a bit more of that unsolicited advice being pushed in some way you know from the the people that i love the most but even to the degree of coercion and actually from an aggressive um luckily i haven't experienced too much of this and i'm and i'm fully um understanding that you know some of the older generation are are in, they're just in a different, um, they're just in a different paradigm. So, you know, there's this strong sense of responsibility that, um, I need to know the right answer and I need to be listened to. So even with that kind of aggressive tone, um, of, yeah, basically telling me what's right, what I need to do, and that they're, they're going to be upset if I don't do what they want me to do. And now the problem with that in my situation, so that might be really helpful in another. I'm not just saying that. I mean, literally, having someone strong be like, hey, wake up, this is what you need to do, and them being right, and or you really do need to try something. You really do need to get off your ass and try something else. That might be helpful in another situation. But now if we think about my situation where I saw someone to heal a particular gut issue and they were so confident in their capacity to heal me and they provided me this whole protocol and they even after I was so sick and it had completely gone to shit they were very confident and still saying you need to do this this and this so after experiencing something like that where someone was so sure about my very specific SIBO issue that I had and they completely messed things up it's very hard for me to believe that just some you know just a parent or just a friend is going to should have the right to or I should be listening to when they tell me that for sure I need to do something now that I'm seeing a specialist kind of makes sense that I really shouldn't be listening to anyone else. And this is something I've known for a very long time that there are a million opinions on every single supplement, food type, diet type, um, protocol approach. There's different opinions and different sides to all of it. You need someone, I've, I've been having now consults with, with a specialist who has the best idea about SIBO and also now what's happened to me since the failed protocol. And it's such a huge, complex, and complete picture that any unsolicited advice is actually completely misplaced inside of this protocol because it's so far away from what is actually happening to me? If if this other healer who was so confident could mess things up so bad, definitely people with their, you know, kind of pharmacy knowledge and, you know, people who have read blogs and articles and, and things about different, you know, oh, you should really be having probiotics. Or you should really be trying homeopathy. Or you should really be trying acupuncture. You should really be trying all these things. It's just, yes, I'm sure it worked for you and something could work for me, but... Also, I can't even move most of the time, so it's just really unhelpful to have to kind of defend against any of those more aggressive forms of unsolicited advice. And like I said, especially for someone who is more trauma-informed and understands the subtlety of having someone do something to you, not for you, but in order to make themselves feel better Um, I actually had a family member tell me the other day because I was like look look I can't do that right now I'm very interested in what you've shared you're obviously really really um, keen on that and I will you know do that when I can and and actually I need to do I the point is for me to feel better not for you to feel better and they were like well I'll feel better when you feel better (laughs) So when someone ties their feeling good into your feeling good, um, that is you know, something that we should definitely bring awareness to because that can cause us to behave in ways that are trying to coerce the other person to do something that does not feel in alignment with them. So there's some reason that I'm not able to or not feeling called to or not wanting to do a certain recommended protocol from the hundreds that I have received. And if someone's feeling good is tied to my feeling good, they are going to, because there's such a compulsion to feel good, it's going to be tied to me and then there may be a you know, they may behave in ways that are more more coercive and it can be very subtle in in some cases, not subtle at all, but it can be just very subtle. And these are, these are microaggressions that, okay, they're not massively traumatizing, but they are not helpful. And the whole point of this podcast and the whole point of this kind of shift is, how can we recognize what is not helpful? how can we recognize what's a bit more helpful and start to lean into the helpful category? And like I mentioned a few podcasts back that we' we're, we're coming to the end or middle of the end of the TFT which is all about shift the shift in the paradigm um, and it's just so fascinating and it's just so ingrained the old paradigm um, it's We're living in it, breathing in it, and we're yearning, especially the younger generations. We're yearning to get out of it. We're also being shamed for being in that older paradigm, but not really understanding how to shift out of it. So I think uh, in the coming weeks, we'll have a podcast just outlining and pulling apart how to make that shift more. So thank you so much for tuning in and... Let me know what you think of the podcast. We'll put up a post inside the Facebook group so you can comment there and um, because I do receive a lot of private messages about the podcast. So it's great to have more of a group discussion about what your perspectives are. So thanks so much for listening and I'll chat to you soon. Thank you for tuning in to the Functional Spirituality Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, make sure you subscribe by pressing the plus button on iTunes or the following button on Spotify. This is going to ensure that this resource is available and top of mind when you most need it. So please subscribe now.